we're talking about sex education, right? Sorry, yeah. let's talk about Russian doll for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry. Um, I'm like, what? Seriously? <laughs> you I'm like, what of- tropes? Welcome to a mini episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. My sisters and I have a crazy schedule going on right now, but as dedicated hosts and consumers of pop culture, we are bringing you an episode, a special mini episode, where we are going to react to a subject, frankly, as a brother, I feel awkwardly talking about with my sisters, but hey, and that is the Netflix drama sex education i think sex education precisely is telling you there's nothing to feel awkward about also i feel like you've definitely said some weird gross things on this podcast before and this talking about sex education will not be nearly as bad okay all right that's i'll do that but before we get going one of the most important friday night movie traditions is the tradition of the i told you show and an i told you show is when someone convinces you to watch a show and you end up loving it, and then you give them I told you so status and call them a genius in front of everyone. And I am going to do that right now to my sister Lily. You are Ooh. a genius. You get thank the you, I told you show. And thank I you, have to say, you. I have to say that Lily truly, deeply, sincerely, authentically gets my I told you show. Because, really? Oh, because. I made it about three quarters of the way through the first episode, and I wrote off the show. I was like, "Man, really? I'm not gonna be into this. This isn't my thing." I didn't this even know gonna that. Be, I thought it was gonna be. I, I feel like Netflix had made a few attempts with me at like British teen comedies that were dark and edgy, and I thought they were like unwatchable, and um, like a couple different shows, maybe just not British ones. But uh, anyways, and and you insisted like, "No, no, no, this is great." <laughs> yeah. It's a really special show. You have to keep watching. And very reluctantly, I kept watching. And pretty much by the end of that first episode, and truly by the end of this, I say by the end of the second episode, I was just like, my mind was blown. I was like, freaking out. Wow. I'm so glad. I think, you know how, Becky, you prefer not to show people, like, tell people to watch Outlander because if they don't like it, like, you can't deal. You're like, just yeah, I just like don't. I show. don't want to hear about why they don't like it. I only right. want to talk to You're you just like, you like it. Right. Just leave me alone with my show. I don't need to That's debate you feel. the show with you. Yeah. Right. And I was like a bit worried that what if both of you didn't like it and I would have been like, I, I can't handle you. Jose loved it. So I was like, who don't like the show. I mean, Jose, who's so picky, he liked it. And I was like, okay, this, I got to get all around. I told you show for this one because yeah. he you get it. Get, it's, a, it's a full, yay! I told you show. There's, there's going to be another, moment. there's going to be another, I told you show coming up in a, in a future episode, but we'll save that one. We'll okay. keep the listeners all right. waiting. All right. Well, I'll just give you, you know, my reaction is an, I told you show, but I would say my, I told you show is very much not necessarily on the sum of the whole show. Cause at times, this show kind of takes me out of it a little bit, which I, maybe we disagree on. But for me, the I Told You show really comes together with the fact that this might be the best ensemble of young actors I've ever seen in anything, probably since Freaks and Geeks, if not even more than Freaks and Geeks. It's like every single person in this is giving a 
powerhouse performance that honestly it's like sky's the limit for every single person who's in this show and so for me that like overwhelmed me that like even though there are parts of the story that sometimes i'm like eh, meh, the the acting and the characters are just off the charts so with with that in mind let's talk mvps who are your I, MVPs? I, I think, like every week I switch. Like obviously I Maeve have... is a major one, but and Eric. But lately I've been as I like have time to digest the show, I've been like Team Amy all the way. Oh, <laughs> I, I know, right? Her. She's such a I like I love her. I mean um, she's not an MVP, but like I need to give I her a shout like, out. That's a great I character. Like me, I feel like my MVP for I feel like my MVP, I'm going to go with my gut, which is Eric, because with Eric's character, I think his development and his evolution, it sneaks up on you, where it starts off where you think he's this confident person who owns himself and he just, he is who he is, but you realize that he's struggling with so much and he has to go through this, like, you know, he has to go through, um, like a, like a little crisis of identity to sort of come out the other end and and be that much stronger for it. And so I like the way that as a subplot, as a secondary character, they give him, they give him so much dimension. And so and, he, and, and, yeah. and I, I would add that part of the case for him is he forgives Otis and he yes. doesn't have to, but he does. Yes, and and does. for all of, all of he, all the hard things he goes through, he really, he really is a truly wonderful person. And yeah. that element of forgiveness really touched me because it could have been a twist in the show that they never talk to each other again. Yeah, Because it would be totally reasonable. Mm-hmm. Or, or that it was going to drag out. Like they were going to make a thing of it and it'd be a whole long thing. Right. Until, right. until they did talk to each other. Like another whole season of them not being friends or something. Friends. Yeah, right. You could easily see them doing that. And, um, and yeah. So Eric is mine. Shy, what about you? I would say, so my my main one is going to be Eric, um, for the reasons that we just talked about. But my secret MVP, my <laughs> secret MVP, and I'm re- and I'm reflecting this with my is wife. Is it also Amy? No, it's definitely it- not Amy. <laughs> I, I, I think I think Amy's I think Amy's funny, but when we get to tropes, I'll tell you why. Like I like Amy, but she's not. Like she doesn't really right. bring much for me to the show. No, the secret MVP, and it's a person that um, my wife and I, Allie, talk about all the time, is Eric's father. The act, oh. the, both, both the actor and that character yes. are one of the most interesting dimensions of that program because, it, and, and especially when you compare him to some of the other father figures in the show, like in the, the show, like but the head I mean, teacher, yeah, like the crucial scene is when um, Adam sees how Eric's father behaves with him. I think right. that you know, right? Like Eric's father is not hundred percent accepting. But love is his overwhelming guiding beacon. I think it's a huge difference between accepting and understanding. I think he accepts yeah. him. He just doesn't understand him. Yeah, Whereas good point. A- Adam's father does not accept him for who he is. Yeah. And yeah. so, so for, so, Which so I want to actually, give... hold on a really interesting theme throughout the show that the parent child relationship. And I exactly that Lily, the difference between accepting and understanding. If you look at Jackson's relationship with his parents, if you look at Otis's relationship with his parents, like it's so much, that's such a, it's a theme that the reoccurs with each of the characters. I don't think you need to understand your teenager. Cause that seems to be impossible. As long as you accept 
who they are. Right, and whereas Otis's mother is obsessed with trying to understand him and dissect him. Right, and right? He's just, right. it's not necessary. Yeah. He just needs to feel welcome and comforted. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Although, I, I, we'll get to Otis's mother in a second, but I think there's a certain, <laughs> I mean, there's a certain We know amount. who your LVP is. Um, no, I, I think she's a good character. I, I think she's really interesting. I think that, I think that there's an element of her relationship with him which I feel like they didn't exactly say, which is that not only is he so important to her that she's a borderline smother, but he's almost like her muse. Like she has had this creative block for a really, really long time. She's never felt like she was good enough to write a book again after her husband left her, and then she, um, she's able to because of what she knows about her her son and and her relationship with him. So for me, there's this element where he's her inspiration that I actually, like, it's gross the way she plays it out. But I thought that might have been part of her explanation to him, that it's that it's not just, oh, she loves him and he's her world, but that that he's, he's what helps her create at a time when she felt like she was stuck. Um, mm-hmm. So, all right, Lily, your MVP. Um, it, in the end of the day, it's Maeve. All right. She, she, I find her character extremely impressive the way, um, it, it, she drives a story without taking over the story. I just really, really like her a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah and she's, and she, she is really the, I mean, she, Otis and Eric are kind of the triumvirate. Yeah. That, that but every time the... she was on screen, I got excited as much as Otis did. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, she's back. <laughs> but that's, you know, and that's something I think they deliver because that's the type of charisma she's supposed to have, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. Like in school, she's this mysterious character, but that everyone kind of secretly wants to be a little bit like, but they don't really know what she's dealing with. And right. let's, so let's use that as a segue to talk about tropes because this show does a marvelous job bringing up tropes, playing them out kind of in a traditional way sometimes, and then also flipping them on their head. So why don't we start with Maeve? Who is Maeve like, and how does she both confirm and overturn tropes? Well, I mean, she's the typical like She's the girl. bad girl. Yeah, she's the, the bad, bad girl, girl bad, who's bad girl labeled a slut, who's not actually you a know? slut. You know, that, that, but yeah. I'm not saying that's Maeve, but like, I think Maeve turns it on its head where she's like, I'm kind of a bad girl. I'm really brilliant, which is kind of goes along well, with the trope. It's the, it's the, you know, it's the archetype of the, the, what's it called? The, you know, the virgin and the whore. She's supposed to, right. she's supposed she, to be like the, she, the slut, the bad girl, but she's so right. much more it, complex her, her, than that. Her, but, and I think what, the, what makes her complex is that her darkness is explained and they show it to you they don't just tell it to you they show you where she lives they show you her relationships with other people you know i think bringing I also, in a brother character with right. is extremely important to understand I, her feelings of abandonment and you know i also and, think that it turns it on a head a head because her darkness is not related to sex like she yeah. doesn't sleep around because she feels bad about herself like she's comfortable having a casual relationship with Jackson and doesn't care like it has nothing to do with anything and she's being called a slut for something that happened like years ago as a kid that was stupid and wasn't her fault and all that thing and like there's rumors about her which can happen to anybody and that's just bullying and then she's labeled a slut but this whole slut thing has nothing to do with her actual like sexual preferences and her sleeping around doesn't make her a slut in the show 
she doesn't identify as a slut because there's a scene where they call her a slut and she's like, I'm not. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not like she's like, I'm going to own the slut thing because right. I'm she's on a as very, well. She's a very strong character, but she definitely has her vulnerabilities. So I, I think what makes her great is that ability for her to have the bond of friendship and all of those things and the way she sticks up for Otis at the end, even when she's mad at him. Because if there's one thing that kind of, there are moments that I take me out of it is that she's got a hard life, but she's a genius. And I think if they only made the fact that she was a genius, the thing that bails her out, then it would be, it would be lazy. It's a little bit like the way Ray has super force powers. Right, right, right. really explains why. But what they have for her is what actually makes her powerful is that she overcomes the brokenness to be able to have real friendships and real loyalty. And so for me, what makes her superhuman isn't the fact that she's a genius. It's the And what's going to save her isn't going to be her great grades it's going to be her relationships with people and the right fact like that... you're right like what i i appreciated was that the whole culmination of the thing wasn't like well Maeve decided to go for that application right like, that's just sort of an <laughs> the typical thing you know it's like there the throughout the whole story but the mm-hmm. big thing is that she decided that she can have relationships with other people yeah and even amy at the beginning i try as a i think we can get into amy in a second but Amy and her doesn't make sense to me because in high school, I don't see how you could be best friends with somebody, but they go with the click and you don't, and you're okay with that. Like, and then you she's meet okay in with secret. that because, because well, I think because, the, right. way, the way that she has relationships is not typical. It's very, exactly, and that's you know, a, that to me was a perfect way to say it. And a perfect way to say it without saying it. I and I think she pities Amy. I think she, I think she pities Amy a little bit. I think that like between the two of them, she knows that Amy has it harder. Uh, yeah. So she's pleasantly surprised when Amy comes over to her side, but that wasn't the contingency of and their friendship. No, it's not. And I think that's really interesting because often that's the big plot line in a teen movie is by the end, the loser gets the friends. Okay. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, or the best friends, the one that becomes popular who was a loser, Mean Girls, then ends up going back with her loser friends. Okay, great. That's not the the story between her and Amy, which I appreciated. Yeah, I mean, for her, for for me, Amy, let's get into Amy. Her archetype to me is the Gretchen Wieners from Mean Girls. <laughs> right. That's exactly. what Molly and I call her, yes. British Gretchen but, Wieners. But she's so much more than Gretchen. She's so much more interesting than that. Oh, yeah, and she's a better friend because in the end, Gretchen doesn't is, really have that no. and isn't willing no. to make sacrifices for her friends. She's basically only willing to make sacrifices when she herself is under attack. But but what makes Amy a good person is that she just switches because she figures out who she should be loyal to. Mm-hmm. But right. I, I like I liked Amy. I think they used her a little bit as comic relief. Like, you... the way they use um, Evan Handler's character in... Californication and the way they used. Um, yeah, but but that's good. It's nice to have that that. Well, she doesn't take her. Also, she also doesn't take herself too seriously. Too seriously. Right. Do you Which guys notice? Um, she. You know how like this whole show is made up of like people who have like adult doppel doppelgangers and how Maeve is a mini Margot Robbie. Margot Robbie. Right? Yeah. Right. Don't you notice that Amy looks exactly like that other British actress Felicity? Um, What's her name? Oh, no, there's so they have weird teeth. Felicity no, they Jones. look exactly the same to me. Right, like, the, act, the, the actress from Star Wars Rogue, Rogue One. One. Yes. 
I feel like I it looks so much alike. There's like a, a tooth thing, maybe. Right. I'm watching this and I'm right. going, it's a mini Margot Robbie, it's a mini Felicity Jones, and then that woman looks just like Gillian Anderson. Turns out yeah. it was Gillian Anderson. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> wait, so by the way, what do you guys so think wait, of so Gillian Anderson the... being British? And... So wait, I love it. So strange. Her, her hair. Her so good. I so first of all, look. First of all, she's amazing. Second of all, Allie and I watched the movie The Spy Who Dumped Me on the weekend, which, Ooh. by the way, is 100% a movie you need to watch with Mom. Like, oh, my God. I oh, Mom is right visiting now. soon, so I'm really so excited. Mom was just here. I can't believe we didn't think to watch it. No, no, no. That is because Allie and I were imagining Mom in the room, and as a result, we thought it was hilarious and amazing. And not only is Gillian Anderson in it and British, but uh, what's his name? Jamie from Highlander? Yes, yes he's yes. in it. I mean, that's the reason to watch it with mom. Yeah, or reason to watch it at all. That's the reason yeah. to watch it. So that one is actually a surprisingly fun movie, but also had like weird connections because here we are watching Sex Education be- saying, Where's, how is Gillian Anderson being British? And then there's another movie where she plays someone British, and we're like, hmm, I guess this is like her thing now. She's just reinventing <laughs> herself. Okay, so let's talk about the jock. Uh, the jock archetype and how they flip that one in talking, showing Jackson. Well, I think, I want to, I want to start off here because I think what they do is they show the actual reality of what it means to be a jock or what it means to be someone, not like a jock, but someone who's supposed to be like the best at something. And the truth is kids these days are under insane amounts of pressure to perform academically, to be at the top of their sport, to do all the intense extracurricular and so what I think what they're rolling into that is the real anxiety teenagers have. And that's usually, you know, it's imposed upon them by their parents who have them like involved in 200 activities and need to build a college resume. So to me, it was just like, it was their way of, of showing the type of pressure that kids are suffering from, you know? Yeah, yeah, so they, they build it out into, into a bigger character than just the jock well to me the anxiety was was really well dealt with and um was well dealt with and was different and was realistic no one walks around feeling that perfect and amazing and at the top of their game every minute of every day Wait, come like just baggage. bring up for a second the worst teen movie I've ever seen, which makes me afraid for like our children's generation that this is the kind of schlock that they'd have to watch. Literally the opposite of Blockers, like what we thought was interesting about Blockers, is the kissing booth on Netflix. Like I could, you need someone to write a dissertation about this fucking movie. It is criminal, and one of the worst of parts is this perfect guy. And when they break down to, like, how difficult it is, it's just so shallow and nothing even – I mean, it's a movie. It's not, like, a multi-part show. But even then, like, the treatment of it is completely, like, BS compared to how they tackle, Yeah, I think, Jackson's reality. Jackson's character felt and, very and, real. And the stuff about him, the two moms who are getting divorced, maybe, and um, the, the other details about his life, he, him being head boy – and him not caring that Maeve, it, like, the stuff that you'd think would be the show, the conflict, is not actually it. Like, oh, he's going to choose a girl that's, like, seen as the slut and the loser in the school. That's going to be a big drama. No, that's none of his friends say anything to him about that. Do you know what I mean? Like, the typical stuff you think is going to be the conflict isn't. He's got his own shit. It's not yeah, about and, her. And, and look, and, and when you 
when you think about real student athletes in today's day and age, like the ones who are in his situation, it is really hard. It is really admirable how yeah. kids are able to juggle all those things and then also be in student council and also get good grades. Yep. Oh my God, that's we definitely, thing. none of the three of us did anything like no, that. No, nothing. Not no, even that's why kids should grow up in Canada. I don't know. I, I just came. I just came from Canada, and you are. I'm. No one's making a case for me right now about Canada. It's cold. <laughs> it is. I don't even want to talk about it. I, it was so. You it was grew so up cold. There. It was so cold. It was so cold. You, you can't and do within, activities. Like, is what you're within, saying. There's no activities, and then within three days of being there, my kid has an ear infection. She has a horrible. Cold. Well, any it's place. Like, let's be honest. Any place you go travel where your kid happens to get sick is tainted for you forever. Oh yeah, I'm never I, going. I'm never going back to the Dominican Republic ever. <laughs> well, me neither. I got salmonella there and, dead but let, let me just say something about activities okay. in Montreal. Um, we I remember wrap up I, I rem yeah I, I remember the let me say something about the activities in Montreal I remember the activities and our options were like soap to stone sculpture and, and <laughs> chess no wonder True. kids don't have or want to do anything there um, okay so let's go ahead then and uh, before we wrap predictions we haven't even really talked about otis who is the heart of the show but we can all recognize that asa butterfield he's is amazing of, his character he's super original like different it's he's awesome and also the way he plays anxiety you know um and understanding like yeah just his psychological state it, again, very well thought out, very show, deep and unexpected. And the show does anxiety probably in teenagers better than anything I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. um, so let's also let's... the alien sex girl. I love her. Oh my god, I love the alien sex girl. Also, a thing that I read about this show. Oh, sorry, it might be better for for our next topic. But um, but anyways, the thing that I read about this. You go. <laughs> So as we wrap up, let's talk predictions, evolution, what's going to happen. You know, name one sort of thread you think is going to happen in next season. I know I have mine. I mean, I hope, I'm hoping that there's some kind of way for Adam and Eric even to be in touch. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily expect Adam to be back from military school and they're going to fall in love and get married. I just hope that there's some sort of development, even if it's subtle, there. Um, so I don't I, mean general other predictions. I don't know. I just I mean more of everything. I hope worried, it's as good. I'm worried that what we're gonna see is Maeve pining over Otis. I hope they don't do that because it's just too obvious. But I feel like Maeve and, doesn't pine. Right. So what I what I'm hoping will happen instead is that Whereas Otis was her support when she was building the relationship with Jackson. Now I'd like to see Maeve being Otis's support as he's having his first relationship and her being that good friend back to him. Um, so that's what I'd like to see, so, the deepening of, of the friendship. So this is where I think the show doesn't deviate too much in the sense that I feel like the show kind of telegraphs where it's going from the beginning. Like the first time I saw Adam and, inter Adam and Eric interact, I was like, oh, I'm shipping those two. They're totally ending up together. And, right. and the moment Ola popped up on the screen, I'm like, oh, he's oh, yeah. going to date her, but he's really in love with Maeve. So what I think is going to happen is 
he's going to date Ola. He's going to learn how to have a relationship. Maeve is going to pine to a certain degree, which is going to be interesting because it's going to be the first time she's ever pined. And so they're both going to learn valuable lessons that unfortunately Ola is going to be the one that gets hurt in the process. But I, I think she's amazing. Like I the most self, oh, she's, great. Self, she's the most self-aware person in that group. But I yeah. think that, that they're both going to learn lessons that is going to enable to find them way back to each other. Whereas when I first started the show, I did not think that their relationship would be earned. I was like, oh, there's no scenario where she actually ends up with him. I, you know, I bought his whole thing about the lioness and the cat. And then, and then <laughs> as they got to the end of the first season, I was like, oh, okay, no, they've earned this. They just have to not Ross and Rachel us too much about this and mm-hmm. not make the whole thing about whether or not they get together. I don't think they will. I think they've been smart. I hope they don't because I'll say that they have been absolutely smart enough to make it about like I have those typical things, but not make it about that with this show. All, so. all, all right. Um, um, I love with, it. It's amazing. With that huge recommendation from all of us, I told you show yeah. to Lily. Becky, yeah. uh, where, can, where can people follow you? At Paper BK Princess on Twitter. And uh, I'm shouting out to my sister for this I Told You show. And Yay. Lily. And Lily. You can um, follow me, uh, Chichi K. Gomez, as I've said, of the Gomez, the Twitter Gomez's. Um, and um, and Friday Friday night movie pod on Instagram. And you can follow me at Pancake for Table on Twitter and Instagram. All of our shenanigans on FridayMoviePod.com, and of course, we will be at All Star, the All Star Comic Con in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, in June, June seventh, eighth, and ninth. Thank you for listening. Everybody, dance to the music of What Doesn't Eat, dance, and it was great talking to you guys. See you later. All right. Let me get it. Bye. Bye.